Hey, welcome, folks. I missed you last week. I really did, and it's good to be back home. If you didn't know, I, I uh, took a little bit of time and went out and spent some time with my folks. They were visiting from Florida and in New York, and uh, so I swung out there and was able to see my parents, and that was really nice. So thanks for letting me get away, even though you didn't have any part of the decision. <clears throat> and thank you to my buddy PR last week for stepping uh, in for me, and uh, he's away right now on vacation, so uh, glad for his and our other pastors uh, and their ministries here at East Bay. Hey, grab that worship folder of yours. We're going to get to work here in just a moment. Uh, as you do, don't yet look on the back side. Look on the front side. I want to point you to a couple things coming up. We have a lot of Christmas stuff coming up that we're very excited about. And um, do note, we have our um, uh, Chris, kids' Christmas program on the 9th. We have a regular Christmas service here on the 23rd, which is a Sunday in the morning. And then on the 24th, we're doing a Christmas Eve service, a family tradition service for us right here. And it's strictly one hour. At, at the stroke of one hour, bam, the clock goes. We all go home because I know that we have a lot of family tradition to do at home as well. But let's start those family traditions together kind of with our family here at East Bay. I think it'll be enjoyable. Uh, do know also that we have our Coastal Kids program that has started. <clears throat> and what we need, because it's going to be in a full launch beginning 2019, we need some additional workers to step in to help with the full, full launch of that, which begins next year, right in January, which we're just a month away from that. If, if you are willing, and it's not merely teachers, we need people who, uh, who connect with kids and encourage kids and all those things, all different layers of that ministry are needed. And if that's something you can do, um, connect with the church office or talk to myself or talk to Sarah Fischel. Um, or you even, you'll see a slot next week at the bottom of your worship folder. Check that and we'll get you connected and answer any questions that you have. So do see that coming up. Well, for some, getting the focus... <clears throat> off of Jesus at Christmas is very important to them. And I said that right. Some people at Christmas try to take all of the attention away from Jesus. There's been a series of billboards that have been going up around our nation. I don't know if you have even seen any of these. Um, these are very interesting. They're very disturbing at the same time. Uh, here's a few different billboards that I have um, come across that I've also seen online. Check some of these out, if you will. <clears throat> this is a billboard uh, put out by atheist.org. Who needs Christ during Christmas? And then they say nobody. It, it is a little crazy because you know, Christ is actually in the word Christmas. I'm not sure if they've come across that yet or not. Um, you kind of do need Christ or there would be no holiday like this. Check out this next one. Um, it says, Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is to skip church. I'm too old for fairy tales. I hope they realize, am I busting this for people? Santa is the fairy tale? Does, okay, next one. You know it's a myth. This reason, celebrate reason. Next one. Just skip church, it's all fake news. 
think there's another one in there, isn't there? I love this. To all our atheist friends, thank God you're wrong. Isn't that great? That's by Answers in Genesis. I think that's a real treat that they put that one up there. You know, just consider this. If I can appeal um, to your intellect this morning and help us all be on the same page, Jesus Christ is a literal, historical figure. I know that we're 2,000 years removed, and some people wonder, did people make this up? Well, you know, he is a literal, historical figure. There is more certainty about Christ's existence than there is about Abraham Lincoln's existence, and I think we pretty much know for sure he's a reality as well. In fact, there have been more books written about Jesus I don't know if you know, it's more books written about Jesus than any other person in all of history. The Bible is forever on the number one best-selling book of all time. There is not even a close second to biblical sales. Nations, whether they believed in Jesus or not, have used his words as the bedrock of their government's And according to the historian Durant, the triumph of Christ was the beginning of democracy. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount established a whole new paradigm for ethics that we hear throughout society, whether they believe or not. And just consider this, that schools and hospitals, humanitarian works, have been founded in the name of Jesus over 100 great universities, including... Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Dartmouth, Columbia, and Oxford were all begun by Christians for Christian efforts. That's the beginning of all these things. And no other historical figure has amassed over 2 billion followers across the world. Like the reality of Jesus and who he is and his impact is undeniable. And the fact, the reality is, is just astonishing Because you realize he only had three years of ministry on the earth. He revealed his identity for three years, and that is it. And it has changed society forever. I love this. Historian H.G. Wells was asked, who has left the greatest legacy on history? And he said, by all tests. Jesus stands first, hands down. Yale historian Yaroslav Pelikan writes of Jesus, regardless of what anyone may personally think or believe about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of culture for almost 20 centuries. It is from his birth that the human race dates its calendars. It is by his name that billions curse, and in his name that billions pray. Now think about what what Yaroslav said. The birth of Jesus was such an amazing event that it has divided our calendars in two directions. Let's see if you're awake here this morning. No trick questions, I promise you. Two, two sides of our calendars now, all because of the birth of Jesus. And so there is B.C., which stands for before Christ. 
you want to know what's interesting? Today's society is trying to change that to BCE, before common era. Nice try. It's before Christ. Everyone knows that's what split the calendar. And, um, and then there is AD, which is Latin for Anno Domini, which means, let's see if you're together, AD means in the year of our Lord. In the year of, so here we are, the, the whole calendar is divided. Everything, whenever you go to, to sign something and they say, what's today's date? And you put it in, every time you put in the year 2018, 2018 since what? Guess what? It's all surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to talk about it here today. We're going to talk about it over the next month. Certainly, Jesus' death had unending, salvific impact on the globe it was the most intense and beautiful sacrifice of all time wherein Jesus Christ himself bearing on his body the sin penalty that we deserve for what we've done. He took it on himself. And his death was of immense sacrifice. But, but catch this. His birth had immense global impact. Our calendars change. You realize Christmas isn't just a United States holiday. This thing is global. The world celebrates Jesus' birth. And and I want to say, why then? Why is this such a significant thing? And I just want to put this out. We're going to talk about it for the rest of our time. This is such a significant thing because I believe that the manger, as much as the cross is an icon of the sacrifice of God for us. We're going to talk about it. The major, as much as the cross, is an icon of his sacrifice for us. And so what we celebrate this time of year is critical, and it is biblical, and it is historical significance that first Christmas changed the world. But here's the thought, can this Christmas change the world? Can, Can 2018 Christmas change our world can it can it produce more followers of jesus can it alter our priorities can it change our worship can it grow our sacrifice can it increase our influence can 2018 christmas still change the world and folks i truly believe that it can and so grab your copy of the scriptures if you would we're going to look at matthew chapter one this is a biblical account of the birth of jesus matthew chapter one And we are going to pick up this account around verse 22-ish and look at it together. So where we jump in on the text here is right around the time when Joseph understood that Mary was pregnant. He was the only one who knew that it was not his baby. And out of respect for Mary, he was going to quietly walk away from their relationship and move on. And then this angel appears to Joseph, and the angel says, Joseph, now don't don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And you can imagine why he would be afraid. He says, now hold on, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is, is of the Holy Spirit. And then he mentions a biblical prophecy from Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14, and we're going to look at all this together 
Here's your last chance. How about we just stand for a second? I, let's get that blood pumping. It's a little bit warm in here. We're all wearing flannel and plaid and everything like that, which makes it a bit warmer. So let's um, look at a couple verses together here from the passage. Matthew 1. I just want to look at verses 22 and 23 that are going to connect with a word that we need to see. In fact, you see it up on the screen here? How about we read it together? Just look up on the screen. Let's look at these verses together. We'll read these two together. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, okay, have a seat, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, and then he translates it, God with us. So let's, let's work with this word Emmanuel for a moment, and, and it's often spelled two different ways, one where it starts with an E, and one where it starts with an I, and there is no difference between the meaning of the words, and it's split into two different words, and so now if you have your study guide, let's get to work on that a little bit on the back of your worship folder. The word Emmanuel is a combination of two words, and the first word in Emmanuel is actually at the end. Emmanuel, the E-L, and that, st- that stands for or means God. So in, in, the, in the language of writing, the L means God. And this is um, maybe new to some of us, but there's a number of words for God, a number of names for God throughout the Bible, and consider these. El-Ohim, there's the El, and you hear it in there, God, and it talks about a trait of God, El-Shaddai, and so there's another name, and so you hear God in there, El-Yan, and there's El, the E-L, and so hence you hear many of these biblical names for God all begin with the E-L, or they end with the E-L, so here with Emmanuel, there is that standing for God. And then the Emmanuel, whether spelled with an E or an I, means with us. God with us. And the implication is not merely his deity has landed on earth. Not merely he is within the region or vicinity of us. It's not a spatial thing. Literally here... <clears throat> The discussion is that God is one of us. He is with us. And it's all the discussion that God became man, this happening at Christmas, where Jesus Christ took on literal flesh and blood. He became this infant child and, and theologians call this the incarnation or in flesh. Jesus Christ, God, fully God, took on full flesh and blood. He's with us. He's one of us. He's just like us. I'm going to give you two big words, huge words. You may have never heard these before. But these are, this shows you how intense and significant this doctrine is. There's, there's two words Um, There's the theanthropic being. That's a biggie, isn't it? I know you're saying, Pastor, wow, I just pulled a brain muscle. The theanthropic being, theos, God, anthropos, man, this God-man. 
the God-man being. Here's another word for you that when theologians talk about this event of the incarnation or Jesus being born to us, they call it the hypostatic union. Isn't that another biggie? Now, you don't need to remember those unless you're going out to lunch with maybe friends of another church. <laughs> then you can kind of, they say, what did your church talk about? Well, the theanthropic being and the hypostatic union. So what did you cover today? Anyways, never mind. Yeah, it's just... Uh, this is huge. This is the main event. And although completely God, Jesus was completely man, and it wasn't merely this veneer. It wasn't a mask over his deity, but God was thoroughly embedded and woven, and in every fiber of humanity was full deity, and Paul mentions it in the book of Colossians. He says, for in Christ, in Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead was, was in, in a body. He's fully God and fully man all together. And this is supported throughout much of Scripture. Here's a couple verses to, just to mull over that talk about this whole idea of at this time of year, the whole significance is the sacrifice of Jesus when he took on limiting flesh, and look at these verses like John 1.14, it says the word or Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. What a dynamic passage that talks about God becoming like us and taking on flesh and blood and yet he is God, he's the glory of the one and only, he's fully God. And check out this one in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It mentions who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself, and catch this, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. God became man. Just like us, he took on flesh and blood. Every bit of who God was, was embedded in every bit of who we are. Now, um, right now, we may not feel any huge significance and sacrifice on that. Like, okay, he became like us. I got some pictures for you I want to show you. We, um, my wife and I dug through some baby pictures uh, this week, and I got, uh, we had some from our, from our dudes, the, the two at the end, our caboose uh, crew, our Landon and Bryson, so let's pop some of these up here. You got to see some of these. This, this is, um, this is Landon, and uh, I can't remember how old he was, but man, was he a little peanut or what? He's a little guy, and right now he runs about 80 miles an hour through the church foyer on Sunday, so be careful. Um, another, another pic of him, uh, all at this photo shoot. Another one you get to see here. This is, I started preaching, and he started yawning. <laughs> That's not funny, people, honestly. Uh, he's, he's our bud. And I realized when we were going through these, um, we never went through the baby stage together. You know, we never, um, we weren't able to have any children here, what, you know, and, and don't get your hopes up because it's not happening. 
people. So this is as close as we're going to come to going through the baby stage with you. Here's another shot. Um, this is Bryson. And he was uh, he a little bit bigger at birth, our little buddy Bryson. And I'll tell you one thing he loves to do, and his future wife is going to have to break him of this. Check this out. Um, yeah, he loves, loves to suck his thumb. That is his big deal. And he just loves to do this. And one day, his future wife can help him <clears throat> to get over that. And, and uh, I, I know that for us, being in our bodies is not really a sacrifice. You know, we see us as capable and smart and strong and creative, and, and we view our bodies as an agent of power to accomplish things. But imagine if you're God. Imagine being the one, okay, so when it is black and empty in a cavity of the universe, and there is nothing, and he says, let there be light, okay? Let there be sun, let there be moon, and these things, bam, and there they are. Imagine being that God. Imagine being God who formed man out of dirt and breathed into him, and life is there. Imagine that God who can do all of that, and then he comes down, not as a man, not yet, comes down as an infant. Imagine the God with all the might and power Unlimited power, and imagine now he needs mom to pick him up and carry him wherever he needs to go. Imagine the God who created all of the food of the earth that we enjoy, and here someone needs to nurse him. Imagine the God who could speak all of the trees and everything into existence who is self-sufficient and has never needed anything in all of eternity and now needs someone to wipe him and change his diaper? And I think we're beginning to see the reason why the manger is just as much a significant sacrifice of God as the cross. It was not a minor event for him to come like us. In fact, I heard one theologian say, if you can imagine the God of universe putting himself into that of our flesh and blood, imagine you changing from who you are to being a slow and slimy slug. Parents are saying, I may have had a child like that. Can you imagine that? You can barely move. Barely do anything. It's called sacrifice. 
There's uh, a lot of scripture that walks through this for us. But now we see why the writer Paul said in Philippians 2, who being in very nature God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He wasn't going to say, yep, I'm God. Everyone do what I want right now. He didn't use it to his advantage. And it says, rather, (coughs) he made himself nothing. Oh, so what was the nothing he made himself? Us. He made himself like us, like nothing. Took on the nature of a servant who's made in human likeness. He made himself nothing and almost makes us sound infinitely inferior to God. Yes. So I want us to consider today, and here's a blank on your sheet. (laughs) As much as Christmas is promoted to be about giving, as much as we think, hey, let's, let's give and give and give because Christmas is about giving, I want us to turn our mind on a dime and realize that the first Christmas was not as much about giving as it truly was about sacrifice. Can you catch that? When we think of Christ's sacrifice, we think of his death for us, but his first great sacrifice was not his death, it was his life. When he took on this limiting body that we have, when he became, as one person says, deity in diapers. And that's quite possibly the greatest icon of his sacrifice of all time was being this infant. It's sacrifice, folks. So let's go there today. Let's talk about sacrifice. I don't want to talk about giving. I want to talk about sacrifice. I I want to talk about giving up. We talk about anything today. I want to talk about giving up. What's the greatest thing you've ever given up? Think about it. The greatest thing you've ever given up. And, And I mean where you felt a level of loss. Felt the anxiety or risk experienced with a level of pain. And let's just face it, most of what we do and give is typically well within our comfort zone, you know? Hey, I'll give you that if my schedule allows or if Um, my budget isn't much impacted or if my body doesn't have to work too hard or if it's something I probably, yeah, I don't use that much. You can take it. You know, there's not a whole lot of sacrifice involved with our giving process. And and so I want us to think about sacrifice, and this is what it is. This is another blank you have. Sacrifice is relinquishing something of great value. For something of lesser value or for no personal gain at all. And and inherent in the definition of sacrifice is the implication that there is pain. There is loss. I do feel it. And, you know, if if one person owns a thousand suits, to give one away is no big deal. But genuine sacrifice involves a sense of measurable loss. It causes one to wonder if they'll truly 
ever recover? Think about that. Will I ever be able to get something back? This is a big, heavy thing for me to give up. And some have been involved in donations of different kinds. Lisa and I have a friend who gave up a vital organ from her body for her father-in-law. Think about that. It was, um, it was a kidney donation, and, and her, her pop-in-law needed one, and, you know, and she was fine, but she went through surgery, and she had one taken out to be able to donate to her father-in-law. And then you ask, but what, what if her one goes bad? You know, I mean, there's a risk. You're under major surgery. People are taking things out. There's a risk involved. Um, my wife and I, when we were on child number three, uh, we had sold our home and we were building another home and we had a, a buddy of ours, Bert Landon, move out of his house into a camper for three months while we lived in his house with our three kids. And his home was probably never the same after that. But that was sacrifice. Because even one of those months, it was all of October and into early November, and it got cold out there. Realize globally over $1 trillion is going to be spent this Christmas on presents. Over $600 billion in the United States alone. And I don't think that the key for Christmas having more impact is spending more. And I'm going to ask that we not consider spending more, but that we consider sacrificing more. I want to talk about that with you as we finish up. This is where we're going to be going over the next few weeks. And we're going to be asking a lot of us, I'm not asking you to give more, I want you to sacrifice more. And I want you to think about this with me. Here's um, steps to a world-changing Christmas. Steps to a world-changing Christmas. I want us to think about three things today. And not only do I want you to think about them right now, I want you to think about them when you go home and maybe even talk to your kids or family about them or friends or relatives about them and really think about can we make a bigger difference today with Christmas 2018, something that will really matter for Jesus and for our church and for our region and our community? Can we do something that makes a difference rather than just, hey, here's more money? So here's number one for us to think about here. To a world-changing Christmas, number one, spend less, sacrifice more. Spend less, sacrifice more. Here's something I want you to think about. Give up a gift. Or maybe multiple gifts this Christmas. And you think, oh, ouch. Okay, now we're talking sacrifice. Or you might think, you know what, let's start with mother-in-law's gift. We can give that one up this year. Sorry, my mother-in-law's visiting today. This is a really awkward analogy I'm using. How about give up your gift? Or maybe everyone says, you know what, instead of ten gifts each, let's do nine. 
and then let's, let's figure that out. And let's take that one and let's figure out whatever we would have done with that. And let's make a difference. You know, don't just add to your spending. You know, give up that. You know what we get. Give up the sweater or the tie or the isotoner gloves or the fruit cake and, you know, like, really give up the Chia Pet, folks. They are so 80s. Just give it all up. Everything that's going to be in your garage sale this summer, just don't do it now. And then let's say, how about we do something? Give up the gift. Sacrifice the gift. It's not worth the five-minute fake smile. Let's just get rid of it, and let's pull our funds together, and let's think about doing something significant for someone else. And maybe it is, like we've talked about, the Emmanuel's child. You know, I say, let's give up, let's give up our presence Let's, let's, let's bring it down a little bit and let's put that money and let's, let's put it in a, into presents for orphan kids in Russia for our pastors that are over there to be able to give to kids in their community and in orphanages. Now that's making a difference. You know what, let's give, the, give up some of that and let's, let's put it in, in the dresser for this mom that chose life. Or you know what, here's a single parent that we see in our community or in our church and let's just give up a gift all the way across the board, and let's take that and let's help them. Now we're talking about, in our sacrifice, doing something that makes a difference in our world. I'll tell you, there was a woman in my previous ministry, and, and this, is, this is something that they did. They had a blessing jar. And, and you know, some, some of us do that, and we keep change all year long. And at the beginning of the year, January 1st, she would say, you know what, every penny of change I put in this, right around Christmas time, we're just going to drive around and we're going to look for somebody. Instead of using this, because sometimes you get to the end of the year and we use this for our own stuff. Hey, I can get something else for me. She says, you know what, let's, family, let's all put it in, and we're going to go ahead and give it to someone. And I remember her standing up in front of church and just weeping her eyes out. Because they saw this one guy who was just walking around and had zip. And she went up to him and shared this with him. And shared the gospel with him and said, you know, I want you to know that there is someone that loves you. And it's me. And it's Jesus. It's a blessing jar. And she could have used that. But she gave it up and she sacrifice for someone and i want us to think about spending less spend less this christmas don't put more on the card it doesn't have to be a full circle under the tree you don't have to go crazy overboard to show someone that you love them it doesn't come from a present and why don't everyone go in and say let's all give up something let's all sacrifice and then let's all Give to someone else. That's number one. Spend less, sacrifice more. Here's number two. <clears throat> this one gets even better. Give something money can't buy. Give something money can't buy. I don't know what comes to your mind right now. Just think about it. Some things that money can't buy, and I'm going to tell you a couple things that come to my mind probably popped into your head too. Something money can't buy. Well, you all know the song, Can't Buy Me 
love, okay. Yeah, it's really spiritual, doesn't it sound? Imagine how many people around you need love. And some people spell love T-I-M-E, time. It's a lot easier to get them fruitcake. A lot easier to give them something small and to keep on trucking. And one of the best things you could do is just put the car in park and show up at their house and sit across the table from them or on the couch with them and talk. Another big gift you can give is conversation. And, and I, I really believe that if we took the time and you have people over, and whether it be the relatives that you'd maybe rather not have over, or whether it be the single mom or the, the widow or the widower, you know, they're all around us. And just imagine the ways that we could really make a difference to truly sacrifice, to stop everything. And don't spend a penny. I'm not asking you to spend any money. And connect with people and give them a smile and Give them a touch or a handwritten note or your friendship or your love. All of these things are so significant and you share something that money can't buy and I guarantee you it's not a lot that they're going to get this year. They'll probably get presents, but they may not get the best thing at all that may be your presence with them. Give something money can't buy. And here's number three. Here's a third sacrifice first one was spending less, and the second one is probably giving of things that may hurt more than giving money. And the third one is be ready to sacrifice your ego. Be ready to sacrifice your ego. I'm going to give you two ways to sacrifice your ego today. <clears throat> Number one is this. For some people, today may be the day they need to swallow pride and realize I can't make it on my own. I need Jesus Christ. Swallow it, gang. None of us can make it on our own. The whole reason why he came at Christmas and gave up all of that to be like us was so that one day he would die on the cross as a man. And bear on himself the punishment we deserve for our sin. And the best thing that you could ever do is accept the reality that Jesus died for your sin, for your wrong. Believe that he was your substitute for your punishment. Swallow your pride and ego and say, you know what, I'm all in. I'm his. I give my life to him. I believe he died for me. I'm going to live for him. That's number one way to swallow your ego, sacrifice your ego. Here's number two, and this is now for everyone in the room. Number two way to swallow your ego is maybe you need to go and connect people with Jesus this year. And that may be a toughie to think about. Like maybe you need to go to your coworker or your relative your friend or your neighbor, and, and instead of just holding on to your own faith for yourself, maybe you need to swallow your ego and go up to them and say, you know what, would you come to church with me and celebrate Jesus' birth with me? And I know some of what we'll think. What are they going to think? 
They're going to think I'm a Looney Tune. They're going to they're going to think I'm some fanatic. Okay, you know, sacrifice your ego. Maybe you're the reason, you're the one that God has in your sphere of influence to reach that person. And I really believe one of the best things we can do is just own up to it, go for it, swallow our ego, go all in and, and say, you know, come to the kids program, you're going to love it. This whole thing is about Jesus. Let's not forget that. Come to church on the 23rd or come to our Christmas Eve thing on the 24th or come to my home. Come to my home. We're having a Christmas celebration. Whatever it is, gang, we need to be all in. If we really want Christmas 2018 to impact our world, not monetarily, but for Jesus Christ, we're going to have to swallow our ego and connect people with Jesus. So what are you willing to sacrifice this year? You think about it? Are you willing to spend less? Hey, spending less sounds good anyway, doesn't it? Amen? You want to spend more? We all need to spend less. But to sacrifice more. Give something money can't buy and sacrifice our ego. I want you to think about those three things. In fact, I I want you to really consider making a commitment today to how you're going to make Christmas 2018 matter for Jesus and sacrifice the way he sacrificed for us. And so if you would, just with me, would you close your eyes and think about maybe what God would want you to begin sacrificing, and maybe it's all three of these. Maybe there's something in addition to this that you need to sacrifice. But folks, we all can sacrifice. And I want us to think about doing it in a way where it will make a difference for God. It'll make a difference for making more and better disciples. It'll make a difference for impacting our world for what really matters most. And it can happen today. Would you be in on this with me? In fact, I would love for you to take a moment and I would would want you to share with God maybe the way that you feel you're being prompted right now to sacrifice. Talk, talk to him, would you? Make a commitment with him and say, God, I think this is what you're saying. I think this is what I sense. Here's how I can sacrifice for you. Would you do that right now? Talk to him about it. Make a commitment. I'm going to give you a moment of silence. Connect with him on that, would you? Father, I really think if you can stir us, if you can stir us 550 people 
to collectively sacrifice. God, I think you could do something big with that in our world right around us here. God, awaken us to make this Christmas matter. Not go by like all the others, but make it matter like the first Christmas did. Help to change our world through these sacrificial promptings you give. May we act on it. May we do it. And may you make more and better followers of you as we do. And all of you space said, amen. So the first Christmas changed the world. Will this Christmas change yours? And we know how it can start. Please, don't get to December 26th and say, oh man, I just feel so, like really, it's over? So empty? You can feel fulfilled. And it's not through giving, it's through sacrificing, making a difference. I want us to think less about giving and more about doing what Jesus Christ did for us. God bless you as you do this. What I would love to hear, I would love to get some texts, some emails, some phone calls from you. Here's how God has used this to help make my world better, just like he did when he came 2,000 years ago. Hey, God bless your week. Good to be together, huh? And enjoy Christmas season as we start it today at East Bay. Take care.